I don't think it's unique that we saw the wildest run I can ever see in, ever seen in my 15 year career post commission free, post Robin Hood, post all these crazy loons on Wall Street bets in Reddit. You know, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a, a, a coincidence. So, um, then on the flip side, if you're short biased, just, you know, I know it's so hard. I know it's so hard to wait, but if you are, this will fade. I mean, this will fade. Every one of these stocks will fail. If you can be patient, go to the beach, read a book. There's opportunity on both sides. And that's what's great about these. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. A podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Hey, Steady Trade listeners, Tim Bowen here. Before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to talk a little bit about Stocks to Trade and Stocks to Trade Pro. Since you're listening to this, I have to assume you're serious about trading stocks, which means regardless of how you trade or your skill level, you need a tool to help you generate trading ideas. From live data feeds, technical and social media scanners, to the state-of-the-art Oracle scanner, Stocks to Trade offers everything you need in one easy-to-use platform. If you're new to trading and not quite sure how to get started, or maybe you're nervous about risking your hard-earned money, then the Stocks to Trade paper trading feature is perfect for you. You can practice strategies in real time with real stocks without the fear of losing money while you learn. Or if you're really looking to jumpstart and really dive in and really start your trading career for real, join me at Stocks to Trade Pro, where I give 11 live webinars a week and work with students nightly to help them become self-sufficient traders. I don't think there's any better way than twice daily webinars every single trading day. I never miss a day, never call in sick. I've given over 1,750 webinars in three years. I think it's the best way to learn, grow, and improve and rapidly cut your path to consistency. So that being said, for pricing and more information, head on over to stocksatrade.com. And now let's get back to today's episode. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast, everyone. I am Tim Bowen here again with Kim and Steven. We've got the whole crew here today. And, you know, we've got a topic that probably many of you are familiar with. I mean, you pretty much have to be living under a rock if you haven't heard about it. But, uh, you know, obviously the the coronavirus has been a huge thing in the media um, starting back in January. You know, all of this panic, you know, I, I, I actually have... I'm almost embarrassed to admit that I have friends that actually stockpiled toilet paper, but I don't know what you're going to do with toilet paper in the apocalypse. But nevertheless, I'm sure you've seen it. You've seen the news. You've seen all this stuff, the hand sanitizer stuff. The wild thing is what's great about these situations is they create the biggest opportunities and it's particularly in penny stocks. And, and 
on the long and the short side. Um, I think back to, you know, the Ebola stock run, which was 2014, maybe. Don't quote me on that. You can Google it. But, you know, same scenario. We There, there was a, a breakout of Ebola in, in, in the uh, African continent. Stocks went wild. Actually, some of the same stocks went wild here six years later. But, um, you know, this coronavirus is, in my opinion, much more real and more widespread than Ebola. And that's why I think we've seen this six-month stock run. So we're going to talk about hot sectors, why you target these things to do as well as don't do. So welcome, Kim and Stephen. I hope you've sanitized your hands before the beginning of this podcast. So. Uh, I, I, I just I just want to quickly jump in and because it, it's a really important time right now. Now we, we had a Twitter conversation, which many people would have saw, Tim. But um, I just want to I want to preface this conversation with one very important thing. Um, the the stock market is kind of quote unquote crash, and it's certainly declining more than it has since maybe two thousand and eight. Um, but I want to preface it with uh, stock traders who know what they're doing and have a plan will make money on the long side. They'll make money on the short side. Even when the market's going down, even longs will still make money. The only people that will not make money are the people who don't really they trade casually. They don't have real plans. They don't really know what they're doing. But those who are invested in the market every day and know what they're doing will make money no matter what the market does. I mean, just to kick it off, you make money both ways. That's the beauty of, you know, something that, that we talk about, something I've preached. You know, you can go to my personal YouTube from 10 years ago and I, you know, there's videos where I'm, the, one of the most important things is to show up every day. I mean, back when I had my business, I couldn't trade every day, but I still ran the scans. I still read the news. I still saw what was going on. And if you're just, if you just try and dip your toe in and out, where you're like, oh, I got a day off from work. I'm going to trade, man. Thank you, thank you. That that's that's the dumb money, man. Yeah, but but also the casual invest as those people who've got like, oh, I've got twenty, thirty thousand savings. Let us put it in the market. These are the people that will lose the money. But the actual day traders who read the trends, know the patterns, know how to play them, uh, they, they will win money long or short. But the the casual investor is the one who loses, and the day trader is the one who wins generally. And, and, and the classic example of, of how to make the money is because people who are maybe uh, more biased on the higher, people who are trading the higher, the higher price stocks, they'll be shortened for fun. And the people who are trading the lower price stocks will be going along the coronavirus. So there's something for everyone, right? All right. I have a question, guys. So I was kind of curious what facility you know what what forced the crash the other day and and while i get that it could be coronavirus and that's part of it my my first take when i you know kind of looked quickly at the news was that opec had blown up so i was thinking maybe it was more opec than coronavirus but that just didn't help and pushed it over the edge so what's your take I'll go first. Yeah, my my opinion is it was was both. So number one, you know, listen, you can look at a chart of the overall markets last 10 years. We've been straight up with no pullbacks. So when, when, when you've done that, when you're straight up with no pullbacks, people are timid, you know, especially like big hedge funds. You know, I mean, if you're sitting on a, if you're sitting on a billions of dollars and all of a sudden there's a pandemic and the price of oil crashes, you're just taking profits. I mean, it's not that it's not that they are 
necessarily shorting the market or, 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 you know, or any of that. They're just like, holy crap, let's go to cash. We're up 40, 50, 100% or whatever. But in my opinion, the biggest thing is, again, the concerns about the supply chain. You know, the simple fact is, as much as I hate this, so much stuff is manufactured in China. So much stuff is manufactured overseas. And if you start getting ports shut down and you start getting airports shut down, it doesn't matter how amazing the iPhone 12 is. If you can't get one, if you can't sell one, and in my opinion, that is the biggest reason the market okay. sold on edge. And Stephen, you can answer your opinion. Okay. No, but I mean, just 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 from my neck of the world as well. I mean, I know that obviously there's a lot of fears about coronavirus, which sank the sank the market. But it's also the news of the the oil prices because I know that fund on the, based on the fundamentals, I know that. There's been some problems with uh, too much oil, and I know that uh, Russia was saying, um, or Saudi was saying to Russia, we need to control this. And Russia said, um, I'm not lowering the price. So Saudi said, well, fine, I'm going to produce as much as I can. <laughs> and then based on that conflict and that news, the, the market just crashed further. You know, not, not to get too in-depth in the market, you know, or, or in the in the fundamentals, you know, because think about it. Saudis, I mean, they are heavily, heavily, heavily invested in the U.S. stock market. Heavily, okay? So if you think about the fact that, okay, they're getting in a price war with Russia over oil, okay, price war, fine, but they still need cash. So are, so that that's the other macro idea would be, are they going to start selling stocks because now they're in a price war with Russia over oil. So that, I mean, that's, you so, know. So can I throw this past you and you give me your opinion on this? So a colleague of mine, that I was talking to yesterday, he thinks that that war between the Saudis and Russia is kind of made up and it's forcing the U.S.'s hand because we have been so involved in fracking and that it's not turning out to be what everybody thought it was going to be. So this concept of, you know, which now they're not even calling it fracking, they're calling it, what do they call it? Shell, right? Sounds so much more sexier and not as you know, like I remember New York City, their Hell's Kitchen, the real estate market wanted to start calling it Clinton instead of Hell's Kitchen to help it sell better. So I was just curious, like, is that a perspective that maybe we're just overextended in that particular market with our own, you know, oil production and... Well, I mean, remember, America shifted to be in. We're the biggest producer of oil now, you know. So, so that is definitely, again... If, and I don't know, I don't know if I believe or agree with that theory, but the simple fact is, again, if the the number two and three biggest producers get into a price war, that's going to affect the American economy because now the last few years we're, we're, I mean, again, we're, we're cranking out oil and especially natural gas like crazy and price wars. What's that mean? You know, you shut, you shut down wells, you know, cause, cause if you're, if, if you're, if you're pumping oil, you, and, and you're not getting any money for it. They shut up the wells. They lay off people. You know, that affects the economy. So so how deep do you guys go into these topics, whether it's the OPEC, whether it's coronavirus? Like, I think I'm trying to just learn. Like yesterday's conversation with him, part of me was like, should I be taking notes for me to potentially, th- you know, use when I'm, you know, so I'm just curious, like, when you, because I'm still so learning so much, how deep would you say you want to go into this or spend time looking at the papers in the morning or the different headlines? Steven, you go because I, I yeah, want you to, because I'm going to gonna have a different answer than Steven, but I want Steven. To answer, I, so. I think you're going to have the same answer, to be honest. I think, 
I think the answer is you don't need to actively research the news. You need to see, you need to look at the stock market and see what's happened and then just kind of understand why it's happened. But the important thing is to see that it has happened and then learn why and then react. Um, it's, you don't, you don't, you know, you don't have to actively spot something before it happens and then guess what the stock's going to do. You need to see what the stock's done and then react based on that. Okay. That so, helps. so actually, I'm, I, in, at, there, there was a reason I wanted Stephen to go first because he's right. He, we, we agree. Now, I will say this, um, and I'm talking penny stocks, which is what most of our listeners are trading, and I think is the best thing to trade. Okay, you're competing against idiots in penny stocks. That's what we want. Okay, so me personally, I'm a stock market dork. So to answer your question, Kim, I read it all. That's all I read. All I read. Wall Street Journal, Barron's, Investors Business Daily, Bloomberg, every single day. But I will say this, when it comes to trading, momentum, low float stocks, none of that reading helps me in any way, wow. shape, or form. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, so, so Stephen and I are actually agreeing here. Yeah. Even though it's all I read, well, yeah. other than books, it doesn't help you in penny stocks at all. Don't, look, just, if, if you're paying I, 50 bucks a month for a Wall Street Journal subscription, it ain't helping you in penny stocks. And can I just add, can I also just add to that and say it probably harms you more than it helps you? Because the more you read the news, the more you get biased and the more you let the news uh, counteract the price action where price action is king. Okay. So, and that's my, my point, Kim, is, that is the, that's an advantage of yeah. penny stocks is you don't have to do that. I mean, yeah, listen, if you're, if you're in some, if you're some junior analyst at a hedge fund, you have to do all that because your boss is looking for some macroeconomic whatever play. If you're trading your own money in penny stocks, I mean, you can open up stocks to trade or any scanning platform. And all you see is, you know, this last few weeks, 10 of the biggest gainers are all virus plays with one click. You're like, well, I know what's in play. You know, you didn't have to read anything. Yeah, but- but, right, so but Stephen, you had you had an experience with coronavirus the other day. Will you share that with us? Yeah, but just 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 to add one more thing, like this is like penny stocks is so simple that it's amazing that uh, penny stocks is more penny. The, the thing with the thing with trading higher price stocks with a lot of like hedge funds is it's like who can do the best research. But with trading penny stocks, it's more who can manage their emotions the best. Because the, it's a good, yeah, I know it's the higher price stocks. You need more intelligence, but it's less volatility. So you need to manage your emotions less, but penny stocks, you need to ma- manage your emotions better and you need to simplify the process of analyzing them more because with these coronavirus plays, it is literally four variables. It's like high volume, low float, Corona sector by the breakout that that is and, and, and like and, and day one press it's mental. day one press release you know, yeah day one press release but yes. that is it if you can tick those five boxes you don't need to know trading more than a week um <laughs> it's just managing your emotions it really is and um wow. and what going back to the conversation i had with tim i saw the market crashing i was in the middle of work um i just withdrew the profits on my account i had a 500 dollar account i saw a stock up and i just i just uh thought f it so effort, I'm going long. The give a little bit of context. So, so number one, like, and this is one thing you we talked about earlier that you left out. You know, your bread and butter play is shorting crappy biotechs. You know, that yep. are that are not hot. You know, so which is why I'm not trading right now, by the way, because every biotech is hot. So I'm not even <laughs> trading right now. <laughs> 
So, so, so basically what had happened, you know, you, you hadn't had for however long one of your plays. Couple of weeks. Come, couple come of weeks. in Monday morning. Okay. Go and I'll let you go. But yeah. 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 No, no, no. So basically, I mean, my strategy is to short failing biotechs. And to be honest, the, my strategy is if the lowish volume, highish float, or even moderately float, or even lowish float, very low volume, not too low, because if it's too low volume, it can be manipulated and it can skyrocket. But if it, if it's like moderate volume, 300 to 500,000 pre-market and the float's 20 million, you can pretty much short them all day and, and 90% of them are going to fail. It's 90% proof strategy. Uh, and if it's, if it's like a 5 million float and you've got like a million volume, you can still short those, but you've got to have a, you've got to let them run a little bit in the morning and they'll generally fail by 10, 10, 30, 11. They won't, they'll put up a fight, but they won't put up too much of a fight. But, um, over the last two or three weeks, my strategy has turned upside down because with coronavirus, every company trying to find the cure is a biotech. And yeah, I started out, I started out like, short biotechs. <laughs> so I had a spreadsheet of coronavirus plays like a month ago. There was like nine stocks on there. Last I checked, there's like 38 stocks on there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, due diligence though. Good for you for doing the research. Good well, but none of the them, research. remember none of them. And, and this is for the listeners. Steven knows this. You know, as I say, this list of stocks, none of them will accomplish a single freaking thing, nah. but they know the game and they, 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 you know, Oh, you know, Steven Johnson biotech, we're going to cure coronavirus and they get the press release out, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I'm not the only, I'm not the only wizard in the world who's figured out the strategy that biotechs need to raise money by pumping up the press release. And most of the time they fail. I'm not the only person who's figured that out. And I'm also not the only person who doesn't have very good discipline. So <laughs> I'm not the only one. So like for, for me, I like, I had a crack in start of the year, January, February, like $700 and 8,000. But the minute I lost 2000, yeah, great run. But then I lost 2000 in March, which is fine. Cause you, you should have these red months. But but the difference in trading is like as soon as I saw the market turn, and I, I know this because I've lost before, as soon as I saw the market turn, as soon as I saw the pattern not working, take your profits, start with a $500, $600 account, limit your losses until the market turns back around. But but a lot of people will not. A lot of people will short higher. Oh, I saw, I saw more, people, you know, you know like, like a, a week or so ago when, when you withdrew that money, I saw people giving you a hard time. And I'm like, you know, uh, I don't get, I don't, nah. I don't reply to anyone on Twitter. I post crap all day long. I will not reply, but I'm just like, he's smart. I, he knows he has discipline we, issues. Oh, he knows he time. falls into these traps. He's pulling the money out so that when he, it, when and if he makes a mistake, he minimizes his loss. I'm like, he's smart. You know, I oh, do like if I take 10, like say I made five grand so far from the market this year. If I take 10 grand, that's, that's a brilliant year. Like I made 10 grand this year. So then next year I'll try and make 20 and the next, yeah, the next, next year I'll try and make 20. The next year I'll try and make 40, but it's a step by step gradual process. Disciplines formed over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I must have blocked these people because I didn't see them. Like, uh, I've obviously blocked them because <laughs> uh, I block all the haters, the same as Sykes that are saying this to Stephen that are saying to, give him a hard time for taking his money out. But are those people that just, they're just not mature emotionally yet around what well, their idea is. And hope, hopefully none of them are listening, but, <laughs> but, but their idea is, you know, and this is the trap that so many fall into. Their point is, well, Steven, you turned it, you know, you, you, you made 10 grand, 
trading a thousand bucks at a time, trade 10,000 bucks at a time and make a million dollars, bro. You know, that's the bros that drive me freaking nuts. And that's their point. They're like, well, if you turn 700 into eight with 700, you should be trading with seven grand. And Steven knows he has discipline issues. He knows he doesn't need the size up. So, so that's their point, you know. Yeah. Uh, but and the other point is 95% of traders lose, which basically means nearly everyone who gives you advice on Twitter, you should do the opposite of. Nearly. It's just the truth. <laughs> nearly everyone who gives you advice, you should do the opposite of. I, it's almost like they're vicariously wanting you to do it because they don't want to risk their own money. It's like, have it, you do it, dude, and don't tell me what to do. No, but I, I, love, I love your though. point, Stephen. I, I love your point. I'm, I'm actually going to steal that quote, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, like when I, I was running the live streams in January and uh, everyone would tell us to do one thing and I'd, and I'd be like, everyone <laughs> is wrong 95% of the time. And I think I'm right. So it's about having the courage and conviction to think, nah, like I know what I'm doing. You guys don't. Um, but, but not too much about me, but to go back to Corona, well, um, actually, and I it, want to talk about AIM because I want to talk, yeah. we, we kind of got away from it. Break that down. You know, we can talk about yours and my Twitter beef if you want to joke about it. But I think there's a lot of lessons in there, both what you did wrong and what you did right with, with AIM. So, so no, finish okay. that story. So I, so. No, I can, I can break down the analysis of AIM really, really, really easily. Uh, the history of AIM is that uh, every, I mean, the company has no money. It's not got any long-term plan of ever making any money unless it uh, solves coronavirus, which it, which it's <laughs> highly, 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 highly unlikely it won't. Um, so they're they're two very very bearish factors. The technical analysis on the like the two-year, three-year chart is that every time it gaps up, it fails. The fundamentals in the SEC filings are every time it does gap up, it will have like it'll release a four two four one five B or whatever it is to to raise money to keep on existing. So they're four very bearish signals, but. And then there's like four bullish signals, but the bullish single, uh, the bullish signals have much more precedence now because they're much more stronger than they would normally be. And that's coronavirus is extraordinarily hot, uh, which it was a corona play. The volume was extraordinarily high. It was like a hundred plus million on the day. Float was on only 20 million, which is very low in, in relation to the volume, which is t- rotating more than five times. And um, and the stock, to be honest, it, it had gapped to its highs in the last three to six months anyway, which means all the shorts are squeezed, um, which which means it's like five bullish, five bearish. And the overall market was downtrending, but that's kind of bullish in a weird way because Corona's going up while the market goes down. So it's kind of like the six bullish and five bearish signals, which means it's a, it's a 50-50, which would normally mean I would take it, but I'd have... I'd let it run before I shorted it because it's mixed. Or I wouldn't take it because it's a coin flip, coin flip and there's conflict in indicators. But because Corona is so hot, because the volume's so high, um, that's like 80% of what your weight should be. And all of the under, other indicators are like 20%. If Can that I makes just sense. ask what conflict meant? I know, I don't, I the conflict don't. is like, say there's six bearish and five bullish. It means that if there's, like say it's a tug of war and all the bulls are on one side and all the bears are on the other. Uh, it's a conflict because you can't pull either way. And unless you've got all signals bearish or bullish, you don't. I like to think maybe I kind of helped contribute to Stephen on this, you know, like, like something I'll do, Kim, like, like in webinars when I'm, when I'm coaching this stuff, I'll kind of start, I'll tick off the negatives and the positives and something just like Stephen said, 
if I, if there's five negatives and there's five positives, that's, that's not a trade. You know, you know, you're just, it's a coin flip at that point. So what he's saying is he's, it was just kind of, it was kind of, there was, there, there probably was no trade because everything's conflicting. You want like five positives and one negative or two negatives. Yeah. Then you know gotcha. that you're checking the boxes. Got it. Yep. Are those the variables yeah. that, uh, Tim yeah. Sykes talks no, about? They are. That you're looking And, and what yeah. we've talked about. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Just, but, uh, but if, if, if there's 10 indicators and all 10 indicators are bearish, that's when Tim Gratani says the stars align and he goes full size bearish. Of all wow. 10 signs are bullish, the stars align and you go, you put a lot of your money on bullish. But most of the time you're not trading your full size because there's too much risk or there's a little bit of risk and you don't want to, you don't want to go through with it. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, so talk us through the rest of AIM then. So, so, so number one, you were itching for a trade. You know, it's, yeah. And, and, and you even said that things were conflicting, but you still took it anyway. No, I mean, basically what happened is because my strategy, bread and butter strategy is to show biotechs. And now my strategy is reversed on its head uh, because biotechs are running because the companies that will come up with a coronavirus cure or will at least pretend to are biotechs because it's in that field and niche. So that industry has gone hot to the long side where typically it's very hot to the short side. And I just got frustrated. I didn't take a play, uh, or I didn't take a, a winning play for a while. I only had five hundred dollars in my account because I withdrew the profits. And I, I just thought, stuff it. I'm frustrated. The market's going down. What will be, will be. And if I lose the money, good. I won't trade for a week. That's basically what happened. It was a in the heat of the moment decision. And then two days later, I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> that's it. That's the truth. I didn't even look at the news. What did you do though? If Steven's, Steven, you have this particular play, you're not going to see that maybe for a while in the market. So then what's the recommendation for somebody whose normal play is not going to be available for a while? Do they want to learn a new one? That, that good question. And Tim Bone says, go read a book. I would say go, go to the beach and get a tan. No, it, I mean, look, it depends. And it's so fascinating. We had the guy on the other day, right? He says he trades every two weeks. Says he waits for his play and he doesn't take any, he, he, his play works ninety percent of the yep. time. Dell the trade. Uh, he Dell Dell says he every every two weeks when his play comes he puts good amount of money on it. He's got a ninety one risk reward. He makes a lot of money and every all of the other trades he might give some win some give some back win some give some back. Like there's no point. So um, as a new trader you should always watch the market until your eyes bleed. I agree, but. After two or three years, once you've established what works based on your personality, then it's a case of going out and walking away and not trading. Yeah, that's so, my, I mean, I mean, Kim, he's totally right. I say it all the time. You know, it's like, you know, one of the reasons I, I go, you know, we talk on the podcast all the time, of, you know, just use trading as a side hustle. You know, you don't yeah. have to sit here every day. And I think that that is one of the biggest mistakes people make is yeah. they're like, okay, I'm here. I just spent two hours running scans, you know, looking at charts, I have to trade something. No, you don't. No, you don't. And, and if you're set up, you know, like Steven says, I mean, he's, his percentage when he focuses on his wheelhouse is through the roof. So the best thing Steven can do is go to the beach. I'm going to play devil's advocate here because especially because of the concept of the emotions, right? Like, just these conversations and what I'm moving towards is making me feel 
excited about being part of this, right? This particular, like everybody and their mother's talking about the market now, right? So here I am, a new trader. Let's say I have my particular pattern, like Steven's pattern. And then you're basically telling me during the like most wildest ride of all, I'm not supposed to be in there. That's, that is like, it's like being like the prom. You get to go to every dance, but the prom, right? Well, so- but that's because remember, keep in mind, Stephen is a short bias trader and there's a lot of people that are doing really well on the long side. Okay. So if you're a long <laughs> bias trader, this is, you would be trading every day. Okay. But yeah. it's just, you know, recognize like I mentioned earlier, this is the hottest sector maybe ever that I can remember. I think that I think at this point it eclipses weed, it eclipses Bitcoin, it eclipses Ebola. So so the point is, Kim, you're right, but if you're a short bias trader, this is not a time to be aggressive, you know. So now I'll tell you this. Remember, shitty penny stocks. A month from now will be the time to be a short bias trader on these things, you know, because the, you know, Mark, you're never going to wait that long. You have to, if you stay out of the pool for a period of time, it's not going to be more than a week or two or a month. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Okay. But, that's but, it, but if you're addicted to trading, just, yeah. just withdraw your money and trade with a small account and lose as little as you can. Okay. And then when the, and then when the patterns come back around, you'll naturally have the crazy percentage exponential growth and you'll build your account quick. It's very easy to build your account when the patterns work. Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, again, Kim, going back to like Ebola, you know, the, those, those stocks and, and I, you know, I think coronavirus is a little bigger than that Ebola thing was. I mean, I always remember the Ebola stock run. There was one lady in the U S that had it. And she kept going out and riding her bike around and everybody was freaking out, you know, with one lady, you know, but so, so this coronavirus is much more real, but those Ebola plays ended up being some of the greatest shorts ever, other than maybe the shipping stocks, but you just couldn't do it. You had to wait for the news to fade. You had to wait for the crowd to move on. So what other advice would you give to beginner traders now guys around this market and this situation? I would, I would say don't trade it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I would today say trade it, long, trade it long. I begged everyone not pause. to trade today. Yeah. I would almost say don't trade it because right now, like the coronavirus stocks, they've all already broken out. Like it's already all happening. They're all doing offerings. You need to be there at they're the all start. Doing offerings, you know? Yeah. So, so you can't go, they're all mid range, right? So you can't go long because you missed it. You can't go short because it's loaded deaths might come out and they'll go even higher. So you, you can't go long, you can't go short, so just just do nothing. So totally agreed with Stephen Kim. Like so yeah. now, but it's a lot different. Now if you're listening, we're recording on March eleventh. Two weeks ago, totally different scenario. But what has happened now is you know, we're into phase two of the of classic penny stocks. So phase one is the mania when they all go wild. Yeah. Then phase two is the news starts to fade, the price starts to fade. They all start doing dilutions, offerings. Okay. We, we talk about that a lot on the podcast, you know, cause they're, I mean, listen, they're smart. It's legal. They got to get that money. All these companies are failing. So once they start doing dilutions, they all start to fade. So you can't buy them now 
is we've seen intraday offerings. And if they do an intraday offering, stock might drop 30% on you. And then just like Steven said, vice versa, you short them. And then, you know, listen, love them or hate them. What if like Donald Trump gets coronavirus or something? You know, I mean, you know, what's that going to do? You know, I mean, and you're, and you're short of, you're short of virus play and the president of the United States gets coronavirus. You're dead. You know, <laughs> they said he was on a plane with guys who had been exposed to. I'm it. just using that as an example. Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe but I'm it's, just saying, it's, maybe it's it Brad Pitt. Happen. You know, it, it could be Brad Pitt too. So, <laughs> but but that's why people sweep up though, like Tim Grittani. Forget it. I'm just saying, Tim Grittani had his third one hundred thousand dollar profit um in the last two weeks, long, and, and it's right? just because. Yeah, and it's just because he knows, he's seen the pattern so many times, he knows the perfect time to go long, he knows the perfect time to go short. But for everyone else, like if you're a newer trader, like fine, if you catch the breakout, fine, of a hot sector. But I, I wouldn't recommend anyone, unless you're an expert, trying to find the top on these plays because it's 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 too difficult unless you've seen something before. If If you've been trading for four years and you've seen the ships, Fine, give it a go. But uh or you've seen the weed plays, give it a go. But if you've not seen these patterns happen before, I wouldn't recommend it. All right, but I so love your you, I love your point of sizing down too, you know. What do you guys suggest? And so let's say this airs in a week. What where are we gonna be? Just just based on your experience with the Ebola and these other kind of like hot sectors, where what is the next phase? And what is it that you would say by the time this airs, people want to maybe be prepared for? You go first, Steven. Uh, my answer is a bit more. My answer is a bit complex. Basically, I'll be on the beach for a while. But um, when I start reading news to say that coronavirus is getting cured and all of the results are going down and things aren't going up, the next thing I look at is I'll search every single coronavirus play. I look for what's the most extended. I look for what's had the most consecutive green days, and then I'll look for a gap down in a first red day with significantly less volume than the previous day of that stock. And I'll short it because it means it's up too much. The catalyst is gone and all of the crowd have left. And that means it's going to go down, 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 down because it's way overvalued. Well said, my friend. Yeah, I think I I 100% agree with everything, which always pains me. I get like this, (laughs) like lower back. (laughs) But but what you're going to see, in my opinion, Kim, is you're going to see this crossing. (laughs) But what's going to happen is, the real stocks, like like Guild, G-I-L-D, had an announcement today that they're making progress. Bill Gates is plowing money into this. What's going to happen is you're going to start to see the real stocks yeah. trend up. And when that happens, the penny stocks are going to eat shit. And, and Steve, everything <laughs> else Stephen said is right. And, wow. and that happens over and over and over again. You know, it's like... When Tesla ran, the electric cars ran, then Tesla holds up, the junk penny stocks die. You know, it just repeats and it repeats. And and especially like with that Guild News Today, you know, they're a billion dollar biotech and they're making progress. Yeah. Who's going to believe in a, a penny stock that's up 9,000%, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, totally. Is there anything somebody, is this a time for somebody to figure out maybe what their specialty is or what their, you know, would you be, could, should I be watching certain things now myself to say, okay, 
that looks like I would want to go like Steven's like I'm understanding Steven's technique a little bit more now, or let's say your technique, Tim, would I want to take, take it on for like, try it on? I tell you the best thing to do would be, you know, and, and to, this is the listener and to you, Kim, go back and replay what Steven just said. He, he, he laid it. He very well done two thumbs up in that 30 second or 45 second sound bite. He laid it all out. Yeah. Yep. And I understand yeah, and, almost and, all of it actually. So and, that's, that's pretty the, exciting but, for me. The, re- the reason I can uh, say it so eloquently is not because I'm such a brilliant orator, but it's more because we look for the exact same pattern a million times a day and we play the same pattern a million times a day. So when you think it and you look for it a million times a day, it gets very easy to say it because after three years, it's so, it's fun. Like, I, I hate it because I try and teach me, uh, me friend stocks and I say, I like, oh, it's, I say it to him, it's so simple, it's so simple, it's just this and this and this and this. And then every day he comes back to us with like nine questions of the 10, thing I've, 10 things I've told him. And uh, the point is, it's, but Tim will agree, it, stock trading is so, penny stock trading is so simple once you've done it for a couple of years or three years or four years, if you've had a good education as well, which props to this man. He's responsible for a lot of it. <laughs> I mean, it, if you've had a good education, it's very simple after a few years. And that's the beauty of it. You know, that, that, that's what I love about it. And, and, you know, it drives me nuts when people overcomplicate it. You know, we've gotten, we've got an upcoming episode. We actually bumped it because of this coronavirus, but you know, we're going to talk about SEC violence because that's our number one request, but it's like, man, this, this people that spend hours reading these filings and breaking them down, I'm like, it's pe- penny stocks. They spike when the hype's there, you know, when the hype fades, they do their offerings and they crash. You know, it just, it's, it's the same thing, you know. <laughs> it's that, it sounded like that SEC filing conversation. We, I don't know, I think we had this on camera. That was a SEC, it was, it was, it was a, it was an announcement. It wasn't an SEC filing. It was an announcement. And it was, you just felt, it, it was almost less important what was inside the, uh, con, you know, the context, the written, but that it was just superficial. That, that's what you were looking for. You were like, you, like, it was almost like, just look to see if it sounds like it's all trumped up and, you know. Well, that's, that was, a, that was something that's else that went long. That was, that was, that was DGLY. Yep, that, yep. that conversation was DGLYs, and that was because I went long a stock and lost eight hundred dollars. That was another <laughs> mistake that I made. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry to mix them up. I'm still learning. Nope. 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 Easy. Easy mistake to make. So. But uh, but, uh, but no, we'll go, Kim. We'll go ahead, Steve. No, I was just going to say, Kim, your questions are are very relevant, very pertinent, and it's very good to have you on because. You ask a lot of the things because I used to do this basically when I was fresh green and it was me and Tim. I used to ask all of the questions that people wanted to hear, but yeah. then as I've got more experience, I don't ask them anymore. So then you I know, being got honest, t- I, I got a Twitter DM that, that people are upset you're not drunk anymore, Stephen. Uh, no, you did not. No, you did not. Yeah, did he, really. He, no, no. He said I love the podcast, but he's like they were more fun when Stephen was drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, I can't sustain that lifestyle. Though. But I, I can try. I, I, I can try and be drunk for the next one. No. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, no. it's 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 just to the listeners out there. I mean, I'm proud. I'm glad Stephen's been been living cleaner. It's been like a month or so since I've gotten a 4 a.m. I love you tweet or or, or text message from Stephen. <laughs> it's like I know he's living well, 
when I don't get 4 a.m., I love you with all like smooches and hearts and stuff. You're not listening to these people who are telling you to blow up your account. Why are you going to listen to this guy who's telling you you should be drunk all the time? Nah, nah, I don't know if it's maturity and stuff, but nah, like, I mean, I, Kim, honestly, I hope you don't go through the phases. Cause when Tim Bourne used to say, you just short anything that's up. It wasn't an understatement. My strategy was to short. No, but I believed it. Eh? I believe that if it's at more than 30%, it has to fail. And like, and, and that's why you should not, we, we make fun of people. We make, we laugh at traders. We call traders silly for just showing anything that's up. But for those who are still doing that, like, I don't think you guys are idiots or if you're an idiot, if you, if you are an idiot, then so am I. Because I, I literally thought that was a good strategy and I tracked Excel data, I tracked 80 stocks. And I had a 90% win rate shorting stocks that were 30% up. They would all fail. But it just takes time to learn more and more and more and start finding out that you're wrong. And, but it's just good. It's be a scientist, be a scientist, find, have a, have a, uh, what is it? Not a fallacy. Have a, uh, have a thesis and then try and disprove it. It's the best advice ever. Have a thesis about the market. Then try your best to disprove it. If you and can't it can disprove be, it, it you, be a terrible you're going to make thesis. a lot of money. It yeah, be a terrible doesn't thesis. matter. What, what, do you mean, small. what do you mean a terrible yeah. thesis? What is that? Well, back to Stephen's you know, point that he, you know, again, he's kind of going back to when he was a newbie. And back when he was a newbie, he thought every stack up more than 30% would fail. It's a terrible thesis. But, you know, it took him a while, but he figured out that it was a bad thesis. And he figured out that he needed these five or six criteria. Then that stock that was up more than 30% would fail. But he, but back then, he wasn't ticking through his process. So can I just ask, I know we probably have to wrap up soon, but just so, Stephen, what, what do you explain that to? Like, because if you listen to Sykes, he's, you know, even me, not fully even understanding, heard him say, you have to have as many variables as possible. So if you heard that, and yet you still thought this, what was that about? Good question. I just had the ego, like many do, to think I know him better than him and I'm going to do better than him. And he's wrong and I'm right because I see something that he doesn't know and I'm special. Okay. And I'm admitting it and it's egocentric. Yep. And I got very humbled by the market for not listening. But Tim Bone will vouch from all of the emails he probably gets. I'm not the only one, eh? Nope, nope, nope. That's, that's again, that, that way. Yeah, and there's a million different quotes about it, you know, you know, be humble or the market will humble you, you know, there's, there's a million different quotes, but hey, but I, I was there. I was there. Illusion, guys. I, I have that, none of that illusion. Like, I am so completely sure that everybody knows better than me. Well, not everybody, but you. Well, can. you're also not a, you're, you're also not a dude. You know? True. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a, ask, ask my ask my wife if if if, if I ever think I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. No. Uh, Alex B, who we had on, uh, we just I think put his episode up yesterday. Uh, we were talking about the differences between men and women, and I said to him, if a man sees a job description of 10 things, and he has one of them, he'll throw his hat in the ring. If a woman sees a job description and she doesn't have all 10, she won't even apply. No, but it's true. But, but overconfidence and underconfidence both have the strengths and weaknesses. Sometimes it's very good to be balls deep aggressive uh, with well, I testosterone. Think it, and then we'll finish. I think that's a great point to finish on is, listen, if, if you, like now... You've got a process. 
it's totally cool to be cocky now. Yeah. But when you're, when, when you're, when you're one month in and you don't even know what you're doing, that's when you you can't be cocky. But yeah, but that isn't cockiness. That's, that's earned wisdom. You've earned the wisdom. You've earned the confidence. You're not cocky. You've proven it over and over again. Now it's not confidence. Now it's knowledge. But there's a certain amount of balls to take a $100,000 position on a stock which you don't know the outcome of. Well, you can philosophize it in different ways. Right now. Tim Grittani does. Tim Grittani. Tim Grittani. Yep, yep. So he takes million-dollar positions. Wow. God but he's, you know, he's proven it. You know, he's but done he's it over not, 10 years. Now maybe his wisdom and confidence and practice or, you know, has earned him that kind of chutzpah. Mm-hmm. 100%. So... So, in summary, as always, um, you know, these hot sectors, the, you know, roughly two to three times a year, we get something like this. Now, I want to be clear, this coronavirus run is unique. I mean, we saw 50 cent stocks go to $30. I think AHPI was the biggest one. It was like 50 cents to like $75, okay? 50 cents to like $75 in, I believe, one day or a day and a half. So, you know, the idea is early, you know, look for those, that recipe, you know, that high volume, that press release that has the buzzwordy title. We saw this with all the blockchain stocks, you know, and, and now you all, you, you can't just buy these and close your eyes. You still have to have a stop. You still have to have a plan. But if you're a long bias trader, look for these things that are in the public consciousness because you know, everyone's going to be looking to trade these stocks and, and hey, whether you love or hate Robinhood, whether you love or hate commission free, whether you love or hate Reddit, okay, there's so many traders out there that when these things happen, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's unique that we saw the wildest run I can ever see in ever seen in my 15 year career post commission free, post Robinhood, post all these crazy loons on Wall Street bets. In Reddit, you know, I don't think that's I don't think that's a, a, a coincidence. So, um, then on the flip side, if you're short biased, just you know, I know it's so hard. I know it's so hard to wait, but if you are, this will fade. I mean, this will fade. Every one of these stocks will fail. If you can be patient, go to the beach, read a book. There's opportunity on both sides, and that's what's great about these setups. Our book club's coming up, and we have the Fountainhead due, and that's a big 900-page book, people. So listen to the reading, including me. Including <laughs> <Split> you. <laughs> and that was me trying to save you so that when we get to that episode, you're not like a 900-page book. And I've, two got, I've, got, I've got it on Audible. The, au- on the audio book, I know I've said it a million times on the podcast, the audio, the audible audiobook of Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged are awesome. The guy that reads them is incredible. So that being said, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Definitely head over to steadytrade.com. You know, I always want to remind you if you're on iTunes, we'll link to the book club. We'll link to all these, uh, things, all the references that we make. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, hey, click the, click the thumbs up, drop us a comment. Um, hit us comments anywhere. We, we always try and cater these podcast to what you want to hear. So if you're on the treadmill right now, drop us a comment and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Steady Trade Podcast.